Hello, everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 13. Tom Brady gets his sea legs. Hello, Big Chillites. Welcome to another edition of the Big Chill Podcast. Hopefully, you celebrated your midweek like Tom Brady did, getting belligerent drunk on avocado tequila. Eddie, Sam, did you guys have that experience this week so far? <laughs> I wish. I was quite envious of... I, I gained respect for him for just going to that level of drunkenness. I that For sure. I had... Like that made him look human. a little bit more fun. Yeah, more human, but also just good for you. I mean, I thought it was Mahomes that threw the Super Bowl, but I guess Brady did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, just everything about all the videos were amazing. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, the Bucks had their Super Bowl parade on the water, which is awesome. It's, it's like a great thing to be able to do. So the, the Tampa Bay lightning did it as well, uh, when they celebrated winning the cup. And the first thing is Tom Brady rolls in on a $2 million yacht with a police escort. And if you watch him roll in, he like, it's going, they're really close to boats and his boat is just cutting through these other boats pretty quickly. But can we address this first? Cause people keep talking about it. Like the $2 million like, wow, I'd expect Tom Brady to come in on like a $100 million yacht. Well, here's what I thought was strange. It's a $2 million yacht, but it's not really a yacht. It's more just like uh, like a more general a big boat. boat. Yeah. So for that $2 million for that, it must be really nice because it's not a yacht by any standard. Yeah, I would have just expected, you know, to have like a Roman Abramovich-esque super yacht so i was thinking abramovich plowing it, over the other Abr boats abramovich has got like a submarine attached to it or something like that some sort of like <laughs> underwater vessel hasn't it it's yeah but that's that whole russian oligarch like they they have the like arms race through yachts because i know the famous one right is uh prokhorov or however you say oh, his yeah name. what's the, it called it even has a name the, the, yacht, the, but the, the former owner of the i think we're part owner of the nets he has like for a while what was the biggest yacht in the world i think abramovich overtook him though but like he, he openly said he doesn't like going on the water he has no interest in boats and when he became the owner of the nets i think he had a like a model of the yacht on his desk and so the guy interviewing him for the new york times or whatever asked him about the yacht and he was like yeah i've never been on it i actually don't even know where it is it's just somewhere in the world like in a in a port somewhere but all that matters is i have the biggest yacht in the world so is this just a oligarch's equivalent of comparing penises basically just having like a size off i mean i don't know what you do sam but uh, i mean i, I guess <laughs> i guess yes well that's one. that's one impressive penis <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also like the idea that you'd be like, look, I don't, all I know is it might have a massive penis. I don't know where it is right now. It's probably parked <laughs> in some woman somewhere, but. Uh... Look, look, a submarine comes out of my penis. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Isaac Asimov? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I guess. But no, it looked like fun. And I mean, his level of drunkenness, 
I have to admit, I don't think there have been many moments in my life where I've hit the level that he was at. Yeah. But I do like that he got there, and I also liked that he embraced it afterwards as a joke. Like he like retweeted a picture of it, like well, having, that's... like having having a laugh at his own expense. Let's dissect that tweet because it is amazing. So he clearly is tweeting this in real time level of drunkenness. It is. No, see, I thought he was doing that as a, like, no, I think he's doing it as a joke. No, no, he is not. This was, this was like during that time he retweeted this. This was like two hours after they put up the video and it's noting to see her (laughs) instead of nothing to see here. Dot, 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 just little avocado tequila with (laughs) numerous letters, just randomly uppercase. But that's the point. I think that was intentional. I think that's him. I don't him. think it is. I think it's the joke of, uh, like, I'm drunk. Like, I think he's intentionally had the typos and the errors. It's too consistent in the mistakes for it to have been unintentional. But Brady typed it, right? Well, we don't even know, right? Yeah. yeah. Like- <laughs> Maybe that's his PR, like, his social media team quickly thinking, how can we save this one? Oh, here we I go. Mean, Nailed there was it. that. There was that moment when he was getting, uh, what is it? He's getting helped up maybe by like the backup QB. Can't remember the name, but he's getting like helped out. And he, he's got like the shades on and this massive smile on his face. Like he actually yeah. looks blind. Well, that's the <laughs> thing is, that's my only issue I would take with it if I were him. There must have been a more graceful way to get him out. Like rather than just having him stumbling, leaning on another guy as you walk past the media, there must have been someone should have been able to brainstorm and been like, you know what, we can we can get him in like a golf cart or something. There's got to be a way. Oh, that would have been graceful. Just him hanging out of a golf cart. I mean, it's it's when you watch the video too of him kind of just like stumbling, smiling. It's just funny to think two days ago he was sitting in the pocket surrounded by 350 pound men and now he just looks like this frail little child with sunglasses on also you had to contrast that with a couple weeks before right which is when he asked giselle and their children to leave his house because in order for him to mentally prepare for the super bowl he had to be alone and like alone meaning that's a power move i like that alone meaning consider his his house is twenty two thousand square feet is that so? It? So he, you could be alone in that house, and other people could be there. If you see what I mean, like you could have a section, you could have several rooms to yourself that would be much larger than anything that any of us live in, and still technically have your your wife and children in the house. I'm but just imagining. He insisted that they left. I'm just imagining this moment where, like, he's what maybe five minutes away from them in the same house, and he just has this moment where he's just like i need to go tell them to go away and it takes him five minutes to go find them to tell him to go away yeah i mean i i would have loved to be able to sit in i'm guessing that giselle's just all in on him preparing to be tom brady i like clearly she's just whatever you need to do like whatever weird diet whatever workout scheme whatever it is like i'm in (laughs) but I'd love to see. I can't imagine have ever being be, having having ever been in a relationship or like imagining my parents or anything and trying to somehow bring up the fact that the other person needs to completely leave the house because you've got a big moment coming up and just being like and then being like can you hear me? No, I can't hear you. Can you like 
like smell the food we're cooking or something no 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 that's it's fine it's like so why why do i need to leave i just can't have you here i can't i love you and i love the support but i can't have you around i love it what a power move the other power move obviously for those who didn't watch his drunken videos is his nonchalant toss of the Lombardi trophy from one moving boat to another. Only Tom Brady could have done that. If anyone else had done that, even if they were successful, they would have gotten roasted about it and how they don't respect the trophy uh, and the, the history. I, I think you're wrong there because if you remember, Gronk famously hit a baseball with the Lombardi trophy. Yeah, but Gronk and, is Gronk. I'm talking and, quarterbacks. And, and dented it. <laughs> Gronk's not human. <laughs> I have to say, though, the tweet of the day for their celebration goes to Leonard Fournette, who tweeted out, it's so hot out here. The sun got me seeing things. I thought JPP had all his fingers just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> what a burn on a teammate. That is amazing. <laughs> And the thing we forgot to kind of mention in our Super Bowl reaction, though, was that LaShawn McCoy now has two Super Bowl rings, back-to-back Super Bowl champion, which is quite an achievement, and yet has failed to play a single down in either Super Bowl win. That's just that's just smart, right? He's just picked the right club, right time, and not... Well, he's obviously done a lot in terms of decades of training, but when it matters, he knows to do very little. Yes, I mean, the the reason why that is really interesting, though, right, is because he's had a career that I would say is on the fringes of being like a Hall of Fame career. And these two Super Bowl wins might push him into Hall of Fame status, even though he has nothing to do with the Super Bowl wins. But when it comes time to assess his career, and it's like, well, two-time Super Bowl champion, six-time All-Pro, you know, you see the the resume starts to look really good really quickly. Well, except to Avengers fans. Do you know that story I'm referencing? No, I have no idea. Uh, so he like famously tweeted, uh, tweeted about like a gave like a major spoiler to the last Avengers, the End Game. And Avengers fans were calling to like for the Bills to terminate his contract. It was so egregious. <laughs> what dorks! What absolute dorks! If I were oh, a, you, if if I were if I were an athlete and I got to see anything ahead of time, or even I just saw a huge movie as it was coming out, I would a hundred percent tweet the spoilers. Why? What? What's the game? Because like, who cares? Be that guy. That's Eddie. Oh, I, I hope you don't become that famous because you're going to be the biggest asshole in the world. Oh, just wait till this <laughs> It doesn't need to be famous huge. to be an asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who says it's not happening right now? Just wait till this podcast is huge and I will just throw into like my inside my NFL picks. I will just throw in spoilers to current movies. They'll be like, Bill's Chiefs, who am I going to take in this one? The Chiefs are three-point favorites and everyone dies at the end of the endgame. They don't. Don't worry. Oh, no. Spoilers. Actually, that's a fair question. How long after a film till you can start talking about the film's like main surprises or spoilers? Two months. It, I don't know, though, because it kind of depends because some movies, the whole movie is just about that ending or, you know, like that twist. So 
there's certain movies you don't really want to like you'll ruin the entire movie and it could be a really good movie but the thing is genuinely for me if within two months you haven't seen a movie then you don't care enough about seeing it for anyone else to be concerned about the fact that you they might spoil it for you maybe you didn't know it existed well, then you can't even be. A, then you can't. Really yeah. Be what upset. would be the? Oh, I remember that twist from the previous non-existent movie that I never heard of. Avengers. Well, uh, uh, Avengers. Okay, uh, what's that? Uh, Everyone uh, dies. Oh my god! You've ruined it for me. I totally just. Found I, out I'll give existed. you an example. What about if it was someone like a new generation? You know, like you have like an eighteen-year-old cousin, and you say, "Hey, do you ever watch Usual Suspects?" And they're like, "No, I've never seen Usual Wait, Suspects." No. Then do you then like, spoiler them? No, that is like the Darth Vader moment in Star Wars, right? Yeah. You can't have like a dad going That's what like, I'm saying. Tell so you there's some that. movies you can never do it for. Oh, so you can never say that Darth Vader is Luke's father. You can just it's never Spoiler, say Eddie, Eddie, spoiler <laughs> alert, Jesus. You could just, you just never think, do it. Yeah, you just think how weird your dad is every time he just does that terrible tap on the nose, like I'll never tell. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Look, I wouldn't. Here's the thing: is I wouldn't. I wouldn't say to someone, "Hey, have you ever seen Star Wars?" And they would say no, and I'd be like, "Oh, it's amazing." When you find out that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, huge <laughs> twist. Like, I, I wouldn't do that. But at the same time, I, I'm never going to be like talking about Darth Vader being Luke Skywalker's father and like look over my shoulder a few times. Man, wait, everyone, everyone here's seen Star Wars, right? I don't want to ruin this for anyone. It's like a movie that came out in 1979 or whenever it was. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think as long as it's at the cinema, which probably goes around the two-month thing that you're on about, I think if it's at the cinema, you probably shouldn't say anything. But Well, not anymore. <laughs> you know, now you can Cinema, spoil Cinemas everything. are dead, yeah. Sam. <laughs> if you're in a cinema now, that's probably a problem. <laughs> Sam, speaking of Avengers, I know you're a big Avengers fan. Have you watched WandaVision yet? Funnily enough, I have not started it. Um, I'm, I don't I'm think not very, Sam watches TV. I'm, I'm not very good at starting <laughs> things. I get into this like, like decision paralysis where there's so much to watch. I have so much to start and I end up not starting anything because I don't know which one to start. So you just yeah. sit in your couch with the remote in your hand, just staring at Just shaking, TV. just shaking and panicking about this what's is, happening. This is so revealing, Sam. This explains so much about you. Why? What what have you now what have I what has my mental condition revealed about this? Because you also probably have so many texts that are flooding your phone that you get paralysis and don't respond to any of them. (laughs) What's the right emoji to send? Oh, I can't respond. I can't respond. I don't know which emoji to use. Do Do you guys not get that? Like say if there's like five things, six things on TV and you watch, say you're midway through like five six seasons and you're like oh let's watch that no let's watch that one no and you kind of just skip through so much that you end up literally actually never. watching nothing literally never what you've just described has never happened to me once in my life it, it yeah, is no, a thing i, I would say thing. i'm really good about like if i start a tv show i will like finish it cruise through it and then just start the next one instantly yeah like i'm particularly at the moment given how much more i'm just at home i have no trouble watching every tv show i want to watch just because yes in the past if there's multiple tv shows out at the same time and i've got like a social life that takes me outside of my house then balancing all of that and work can be a bit of a challenge 
still didn't find it that hard. But now when I'm at home 24 seven, basically, it's easy enough for me to go like, oh, there's a TV. Like right now I'm just dying for a TV show that I actually genuinely want to watch since Christmas. One Division? I'm not a superhero person though. Oh, it, really? You look like one. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Wait, he looks like a superhero or he looks like a person that spends their life in their mother's basement looking at cartoons? <laughs> wow, painting a picture for our users there. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I, I mean, Frank's previously said I look like Andy Reid. So this would be an, uh, this would be an upgrade. <laughs> I said you could look like a superhero or that other person. <laughs> You can't, you can't be sure of something and give choice. Yeah, you either <laughs> well, you look said like he Superman. looks like a superhero. You said you said he looks like a superhero person. Yeah. Do you mean a that? superhero person Super, or a superheroes don't have to be people, Frank? Superheroes don't have to be human. Oh, I'm, what am I, Groot? <laughs> I didn't say you're made of bark. <laughs> but, but no, I'm not. A, I'm, I'm not really. I'm not really into like superhero movies or TV shows or comics or anything. The only recently I did watch the tick, the TV series. It was short lived, but was, I actually thought was genuinely really good. I was disappointed to find out when I got to the end of, I think it was the second season that there was no third season that actually disappointed me. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Yeah. Yeah, so I've actually I we just caught caught up on Wandavision. It's it's okay. It's pretty cool. It's a neat idea, but again, it's like like once you've seen some Marvel, you've seen all the Marvels, and they all end up kind of just having the same theme and jokes. You know, like everything just kind of gets replayed in a different way. But I also have been watching Spycraft on Netflix. Have you guys seen this? Not even heard of it. No, not even heard. It's of it. like it's like a thirty minute kind of like a documentary thing where they go into different spy technologies and how they've been used. Pretty cool. So this episode was called Is Sexpionage. It? And it's how like spies have used sex oh, that's, that's to get his... like secret information. <laughs> I thought you said sexpionage, not sexpionage. <laughs> because I was like, no. sexpion- sexpionage yeah. is, is uh, Sam's handle on Grindr. <laughs> no, it's it's all forms of sexual contact, not not specifically just sucking. <laughs> I watched a show recently. It was like weirdest ways to die. It was just a one-off I watched, and it's basically a weird way that people have lost their lives. And one of them was this guy was um, he was kind of freaky into people's disabilities, and this lady had a glass eye, and she takes the eye out. And he, it wasn't anything to do with the socket, just to, to like stop that there. But they did everything they were doing, fell asleep, and she takes the eye out at night. Can't remember for what reason, but she takes the eye out at night. And the guy woke up in the middle of the night, drank the water, it had the eye in, and he choked to death on someone's <laughs> glass eye. <laughs> like that, that truly is a weird way to die. So it, it, did, it did stay true to its term. I went, when I was... 11, I guess, 10 or 11, I went to school with uh, someone who had a glass eye. And obviously, people made fun of him, which was unfortunate. And if people made fun of him too much at lunch, he would take his eye out and stick it in their food. 
was it you did you make no i know i no look i like making fun of people for things but not because they're missing eyes it's not for it's not for like really awful stuff i like making fun of them if they just fall over or something stupid happens to them i don't want to actually make fun of them because they're disabled so we have a family friend who is an older gentleman and he has a glass eye and like a few drinks in him and he'll just start popping it out and like playing jokes on everyone. So like if someone new comes in, he'll put it in his hand and he'll shake his hand. And then like, they'll eventually like get it in their hand. He's like, I've got my eye on you. <laughs> like, and it's just like this person's oh, glass eye sitting in your hand, you know, like, or he'll throw it, like he'll put it next to someone's drink and stuff like that. <laughs> that's the ultimate dad joke. It's kind of, it's brilliant. I mean, look, just out I of interest, have you, have you looked behind it? Like, what does the socket look like? Is it, is it can you can you look quite far in or does it stop no or, it stops like, it's a socket it's like <laughs> yeah but is it quite far i'm I'm not on about like saying like oh i can see right to their brain kind of thing but no no there's just going to be like a little a tiny hole where the the optical nerve would come out Ooh. i can say for my childhood school companion it was quite revolting because it was all like pussy and green it was really awful his eye used to like ooze pus constantly it was it was really disgusting so when he put it in your food it was i, I, I would say he never put it in mine but he it was an awful awful experience so yeah not watching anything on netflix at the moment <laughs> well that just made me think speaking of the ways to die in the spycraft in the second episode i think they talk about like poisons and they talk about uh kim jong-un's brother who was assassinated the way he was assassinated was just um, amazing so do, do you know like how what happened was it sucks being out no he was at the airport waiting to get on a plane and these two women came up from behind him and like covered his face in like a t-shirt and then like did it for like four or five seconds, covered his face and then just lifted it up and ran off. And there was this super, super toxic nerve agent on, on the actual t-shirt or cloth or whatever. And he died within 10 minutes. And the way they got these women to do it, this is the, this is the, the funny part about it. They told them that they were part of like a reality TV prank show. And that the joke was you were going to run up to someone and like cover their face with a t-shirt for a few seconds and then run off and they bought it hook, line and sinker. And they were like, all right, so this is the person he's already signed the waiver. Like, this is who you're going to target. We've got all the cameras set up. Like we have a film crew hiding. You can't see them, but they're there. So just like run up, like you don't know who he is and cover his thing. And it'll be so funny. And you can like laugh it off and run away. And then we'll meet back up. So then they did this and then like those people obviously just disappeared, you know, and then they caught these two women and then these women told these story and, and the, like the, cops were like no there's no way this is what actually happened they're like no this is what they told us this is what they told us and then it turned out that's how they tricked them by by telling it was like a reality tv show how many times do you think they did it when they got the wrong person yes, <laughs> how many trial <laughs> runs how many trial runs were there <laughs> killed 25 innocent people wait what airport was this um i think they were in malaysia yeah, I think they're in somewhere in Malaysia. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of creative. Yeah, it's a pretty creative way to trick someone into coercing someone into committing an assassination. 
Now, I guess before we wrap up our little bit, although we've moved far on from the original Super Bowl NFL discussion, on Monday, I will be giving the full breakdown of how our picks, obviously we know how the picks went, but exactly to look team by team, kind of examine, take a closer look and see where we went wrong or where we were good, which teams we had a good read on, which teams we had a bad read on. And so obviously over the course of the season, Sam, you and I made fun of Frank for his love of the Texans and the fact that he didn't give up on them until probably week 17. I don't know if he's even given up on them now. He might think that they might pull they like robbed. Donald. He might pull a Donald they Trump and, and try and go to the Supreme Court claiming that the Texans were Super Bowl champions. But uh, I, bef- as a little teaser, not spoiler, but teaser of what's to come, I will tell you, Frank, what do you think the Texans record would have been based on your picks? Picking them straight up to win? Straight up to win. 12 and four. It's got to be around that, right? It's got to be because there was a point where you just couldn't go against yourself because of the amount of times you talked yourself into (laughs) it. So I'm going to say momentum probably carried you to something crazy like 14 and two. So actually, I mean... I guess anticlimax in a way. They would have been ten and six, based on your would have made predictions. The playoffs. They would have made the playoffs. Now, I guess that doesn't sound, but it is a six-game swing, so yeah. it is fairly, <laughs> it is fairly sizable in a sixteen-game season. It makes and, me just uh, wait. Could I ask a question? Yeah. Was there ever a week that I picked them to lose when they actually won? <laughs> no. Thank God. At least I that got all only, their wins right. Yeah. There was only. <laughs> I mean, you had you have to factor in too that you actually got off to a pretty good start with them because saying that they were ten and six, saying they would have been ten and six, and they were fourteen and and twelve, uh, four and twelve, like the, the opening week they played the Chiefs. You picked the Chiefs to win. You picked the Chiefs to cover the spread. So you were right there. Second week they played the Ravens. You picked the Ravens to win. So <laughs> in re- the thing is, you actually picked them to go ten and four over the final final sixteen final fourteen weeks of the season. That's the really crazy thing. But uh, now they, and then against the year. against the spread, you were six nine and one, picking on them. So, not, what were they against the spread? I I don't have that information directly okay. at hand, but I will. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this data. It'll help me help me unpack for next year what went wrong. Yeah, they'll they'll be back next year. Listen, Deshaun Watson, he ain't going anywhere. I mean, JJ they will Watt. be. They Can't will be anywhere. back. That is the nature of the NFL season. They'll be, but they'll be there. The question is, will they win more games? Well, not I'm all teams will. Oakland, Oakland don't have a team anymore. <laughs> I'm wondering in that moment how much Duke curse has just applied to the Texans in that sentence. Because there was three things you just mentioned about the Texans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of them obviously being Deshaun Watson staying and I mean, I'm just saying that because if that's what Stafford got to be traded, I can't imagine that there's an offer any team could make to then get Deshaun Watson. I mean, it would require like six first and second round picks. It's not going to happen. I mean, a team would literally throw away the next three years of their draft trying to get him. And I mean, except unless you're a team that has a really terrible quarterback like the Niners, I don't know why you'd want them. Oh dear. Here we go. Speaking of, Eddie, I saw a potential trade 
of Garoppolo to the Jets for Darnold and a first round pick. Would you do that? So wait, the Niners get a first round pick and Darnold? So it's 49ers acquire Darnold for Gar- Oh, actually, no, I, I take that back. 49ers acquire Darnold for Garoppolo and a 2021 fifth round pick. So would you trade Garoppolo for Darnold straight up, basically? I'd consider it. I actually think so. Really? I actually think Sam Darnold is okay. I think he's I think he needs to have a fresh start. I think there's things there that could be salvaged. And I think he has the possibility of still having a very good NFL career. Man, what happened to you and Jimmy G? The issue with Jimmy G isn't his play really for me at this point. It's his injury record. Like that is actually the thing. Like you have a, such a small window and you know, you do have these, you have the right head coach there. You have a number of really big weapons. You've got a good defense and you can't let it slip away because you have a quarterback who can only stay healthy for 50, 60% of the season. Like that to me is the, if I were the Niners, that's the reason why I would be wanting to get rid of Garoppolo. It's not the idea of how good is Garoppolo when fully healthy. Could he win, Could they win a Super Bowl with him? The, the answer is clearly yes, because they nearly did it last year. But I just don't – there's no guarantee that at any moment in time you're going to get a full, you know, 20 weeks out of him that you need in order to win the Super Bowl. Now, just to finish off, I guess in a way, some look back at the Super Bowl coverage. And, Frank, this might be one – a question I've got for you, because you're the only one of us who has a title. Uh, do you like it when people, or would you encourage people to call you either doctor or professor outside of a professional environment? Oh, absolutely not. I think it's so weird. So actually, it's funny you mentioned that because to, so usually this feel I give to my students when I'm teaching a course is if you have a question, you can call me. If you want to call me Professor Duca, Dr. Duca, that's fine. If you want to call me Frank, that's fine. I don't care. You can just call me by my first name. Just don't call me Dr. Frank because I'm not Dr. Phil and I don't have a daytime talk show. And then without every year, I'll get someone who calls me Professor Frank or, or Dr. Frank. And I literally got an email today saying, Professor Frank, I have a question. And that is just, that's like the weirdest. Professor and then your first name or doctor in your first name is so strange. Do you, but outside of work, absolutely. Do you try and position yourself as like the cool professor? You know, you, that spiel you just gave, do you like turn a chair around the other way and sit on it and go like, don't worry, guys. Yeah, actually, I, I, pull out, I pull out a baseball cap and I throw it on backwards. Play <laughs> some, have the class play, outside play some like today. A, play some early 90s hip hop tell them about how you understand yeah. their background <laughs> i might start calling you dr frank on the podcast dr frank's week, <laughs> weekly nfl picks i think yeah. it's got it's got a nice ring to it the reason why i bring it up is it's one of the things about um american sports coverage that always really interests me but the insistence on calling anybody who has ever coached coach for the remainder of their lives in any scenario. So like you'll have, you know, a former player and a former coach and the former player will say, well, Hey coach, what do you think is going to happen in this game? Guy didn't coach him. Isn't currently coaching him. 
And just the fact that, well, if you were once a coach, you will always be called coach. I find it very bizarre. Yeah, I think it's one thing if that person coached you. Like I have previous coaches that, you know, if I see them every once in a while, maybe I call them coach so-and-so or something like that. Not every time, but, you know, maybe one or two times I say that. But if I didn't know that person was a coach, if they're not the current coach, then it's really pointless. I don't get it. Like if you were to meet the current coach of, let's say, you know, the basketball team, like University of Arizona, I would say, hey, like, hey, Coach Miller, maybe I'd say something like that instead of saying, hey, Sean, because that's kind of weird. But I would never say it to like a previous coach that coached 10 years ago that is now just hanging out in Tucson, Arizona. No, I get it. Look, if, if someone used to be your coach, I get that. That's like someone used to be your teacher and you can never swap into the, like the first name. Like, I can't even think of, I've met high school teachers since graduating and then they'll introduce themselves and say, you know, oh, you can call me David now. I mean, like, no, I can't. It's like, you'll always be Mr. Miller or whatever. Like that's never, <laughs> that's never going to change. So I can understand if someone was your coach, you would still call them that. Um, in the same way that, if, say, for example, like Cristiano Ronaldo still calls Sir Alex Ferguson boss, you know, like that's yeah. that makes boss sense. Or boss to me. man, because boss, boss man is a great yeah. one. <laughs> boss man's a bit more slang, or gaffer <laughs> would be another one. Gaffer yeah. would be kind of a fair slang. But the idea that everyone, I just can't imagine that you would just in general, people would call him uh, boss or gaffer, even if you're like, you, you, <laughs> I never coached you, you weirdo. Uh, I learned that word from Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is a strange thing that they still do that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I will say, too. when I coached the girls' uh, JV soccer team, I hated being oh, called. Pretty coach. comparable. <laughs> I hate. No, no. I'm just saying, I hated being called Coach Eddie. It, it, it bothered me so much. Did you want to be called like Big Dog? No, the worst. You know, the worst boss man. Was, I had two jobs at the time, right? So I was coaching this girl's team and then I was also working as a bartender. I was also studying. I was in, in university at the same time, but those were my two jobs and I was studying abroad. And the girls on my team found out that where I worked as a bartender and they used to, they would come in to the bar to get drinks. And then much to the delight of the people who I worked with, they would order their drinks for me and say like, Hey, coach Eddie, could I have a margarita please? And then, <laughs> and then I would have to serve these, albeit underage girls, uh, their drinks. Wait, so you were serving wow. the underage girls that you also coach. Yeah. Oh, if this were America, you'd be in jail. <laughs> oh no, there was, yeah, there was a lot of violations and you know, there, the, Sometimes Man, we, should cut that. Wait, we should yeah, cut can we, that part we, out, Eddie. We should cut out the drinking bar. <laughs> we should just bring them in. <laughs> Sometimes their parents and I made them some drinks. <laughs> Sometimes their parents would speak to me about it, and they would say, "You know, it's very reassuring that they go to a bar where you work because at least then we know that there's like a friendly face there." So they put despite the violations. Story. Yeah, despite the restraint. <laughs> Little did they know, Vasilis was lurking in the corner. Now, this was pre-Vasilis, I suppose. And look, I guess Vasilis actually would have been about their age. Because, I mean, I was only, I was 20. They were 16. 
<laughs> not to be clear. Make it right, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Wait. It right. Uh, wait. Isn't sixteen? Isn't sixteen legal? Oh wait, this is in America or Paris? Sorry. To drink, you mean? Yeah. Isn't sixteen uh, legal? It is, but you 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 can drink like some alcohols, right? You can't drink hard. You can't drink spirits like hard liquor, and so you typically can't be in a bar late at night. Like there's a certain time at which they have to remove you because there's no Even way if you're for with them your to... coach. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way for them to control whether or not you're like what you're drinking and stuff. Similar, I guess you know, like being a pu- in a pub in England. Like there's that there's there's moments when you can't order and stuff. Oh, you can drink with a meal. Yes, or something exactly. like that. Like you, at sixteen, you can drink like a meal with your family. It's some. It's pointless. It's a pointless law. Well, at least it's not twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't have lived through that. What What can you do at eighteen in America? You can go to war. <laughs> yeah, you can vote. You can join the army. You can vote. You can drive. You can drive. You know, so you buy cigarettes. Yeah. So you can choose to elect the next president, but you can't drink some alcohol. Exactly. Yeah. That's oh, it's you like could... one of the, like the big sayings is like they can ship you off to war, but they can't give you a beer when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> If you get back, <laughs> <laughs> if you come back, I'll give you a beer. Yeah, that's just because your missing legs have drastically reduced your ability for alcohol intake. Didn't stop Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> True. Hey, that really merges the two topics, right? We got the Brady boat and the war. Lieutenant Dan would have been the perfect captain for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl party. They could have just tossed him from one boat to the other. <laughs> yeah, strapped the... He could have... Oh, Tom Brady could have allowed him to strap two of his Lombardi trophies to his legs and had just been like walking around <laughs> with Lombardi trophies <laughs> in his false legs. <laughs> Would you rather have Lombardi trophies or Stanley Cups? Wait, Stanley Cups huge, isn't it? Like surely you'd have yeah. Lombardi trophies more stability in the stanley cup you're not going to fall over but i don't know if you'd be able to pick your leg up like you might be stay you might turn yourself into a statue basically but wait that's the only part because with the stanley cup so the rest of your body is still proportioned you would just have the size of the stanley cups for legs no you'd have the stanley cup a single a single well one each one one on each leg they are some meaty legs yeah Wow. Yeah, this is some big thighs. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be an absolute hell. Now, speaking of other topics we've discussed over the course of the week, I don't know if you two saw that Curios had an absolute epic first round victory in the Australian Open. Don't know if he oh, fought not. back. He fought back from, he was, uh, the his opponent was serving to go through in the fourth set. And... Kyrgios uh, broke, won the fourth set, and then went on to win the fifth set. And I did like that afterwards he said, I wish you could have all been in my head. This isn't the exact quote, but kind of paraphrasing. He was like, I wish you could have all been in my head because all I was thinking in the fourth and fifth set was how much like stick I'm going to get if I don't win this match, which is what I was thinking when I was watching him. It was why I was like, 
very confident that Kyrgios was going to win a tough first round. It was like after all, after calling Djokovic a tool, after all the insults he said about other players, he has to win this first round. There's no way he can talk about them not like, hey, this preparation is fine, and then immediately get knocked out. Is he still in it? Uh, he plays his second round tonight. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I did think that was a weird question. I was like, yeah, that's what happens when you win. You, you progress. Yeah, no, but yeah, his, I mean, he will likely go out uh, tonight because his second round opponent is none other than Dominic Team. So, oh, my favorite. So it's unfortunate for him, although I guess in some respects it's kind of like a nice position to be in because now if he loses, he's losing to one of the top five players in the world. It's not an issue. I did read that unfortunate. Uh, what's the British tennis player? Conta? Is it Conta? Um, yes. It must be annoying to like go to Australia, like 20, 20 hour flight, 22 hour flight, quarantine, have all this commotion. And then within like the first set, pull up because of an abdominal injury. That must be frustrating to like have all of this time, all of the non issues about like standard injuries, I guess. And then for that to just absolutely take out your tournament that must be frustrating yeah and it's been a pretty uneventful australian open so far it has to be said a few players have survived actually a lot of uh simona Halops have survived a major scare the other day in her first round match uh someone who didn't survive his scare was stan Ravrinka, who fought back from two sets down went to the fifth set tiebreak was 6-1 up in the fifth set tiebreak now keep in mind in the australian open the fifth set tiebreak is played to 10 not to seven like a traditional tie break it's like the the kind of pro set tie breaks that they use in doubles um and so he was six one up and then he was nine six up and he lost <laughs> so quite the quite the collapse from stan Vavrinka after a very good fight back did he lose to just anyone or like a challenger or is it like a real scalp or difficult game not a game you would expect Stan Vavrinka to lose. That being said, obviously he's still sort of constantly on his injury comeback. It was his second rounder, actually, I should say, not his not his first rounder. But uh, he lost to Fuksovic, or however you say his name. But yeah, Fuksovic. Yeah, is that Fuksovic or Fuksovic? It's F U C. S O V I C S. So it's fu- Fuchs a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who is ranked uh, 55 in the world. So not, not a complete outsider, but not someone you would expect someone of uh, Veverinka's caliber to be losing to. And certainly not someone you'd expect him to be blowing a very sizable advantage in a tiebreaker to. Wondered where you're going with that sentence then. Yeah, you do that often, actually. You start a sentence like... Blowing like last... a very yeah. sizable pause advantage. Yeah. You did You did it last week when you were talking about the Super Bowl, you said. And then I witnessed a mounting of oh, I proportions. Mounted. <laughs> yeah, you I mounted. mounted. Yeah. I mounted. <laughs> yeah. You're very Sam good just at intentionally ru- Sam, moving those. Sam rubs off on me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> now in uh 
we don't have NFL picks to make this week, but I do suppose, Frank, we could uh, Sam the Squid you a little bit and see if you could make some predictions for the Six Nations. Round two? This is round two. Okay. So the weekend kicks off with England against Italy. Now, I'm going to say this because I know you're going to pick England to win. I England have never lost to Italy. So if <laughs> if you pick England to win and Italy win, it will be a huge Duca curse. It will be so a podcast actually, ender. But you've now put me in the Duca curse for either way, because then if I jokingly pick Italy, you'll say your jokingness of picking Italy is what caused Italy to win and England to lose. No, no. Look, if you can't even joking for context for anyone listening who doesn't know the the gap between the two sides. England are 36 point favorites to beat against Italy. So a spread that you would never see in an NFL game, right? Yeah. This is like a division one school playing a division three school in college football, basically. Yeah. Or and Alabama as we all... just playing anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> as we so... remind you, England, Scotland last week was 11, six. So there was 17 points in that entire game. And they're basically saying Italy get a 36-point head start. So it's pretty mega. Yeah, and in France beat Italy 50-10 in week one. So so Frank, I won't even bother, I guess, asking. I, I guess it's a formality for you to say you think England will England. Do they yeah, cover the 36? That can be your squid, your Frank the fish. I think they will cover the 36. Okay, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on this kind of bet, Eddie. It's like if England England are just one to two hundred and fifty or whatever they're going to be, so the halftime full time is going to be like one to fifty. So that's always a good bet, you know. If you're going to back England, put them in an accumulator. Is, is it one to fifty still a good bet? <laughs> well, you're getting five times better odds, I guess. <laughs> so um, I I think they'll win and cover. I think they've got a point to prove now. Um, Eddie Jones would have had the old hairdryer treatment at them, so I think they'll come out and absolutely tank it to them. So, yeah, you could be really bold, right? They're only two and a half point favorites for the opening ten minutes of the match. So you could take England minus 2.5 with the 10-minute spread and hope just an early try and your your things are easy. Or you could have the nightmare of Italy scoring a try in the first couple of minutes and then you're really in trouble. What? Wait, what is the odds? Like 10 to 11 or whatever? Yeah, standard. It's not, uh, it's not the worst. You kick a penalty and just stop Italy for a bit. It's not the worst bet. I think that's a good bet. England will come out of the traps really, um, like really fast. I think. I think Eddie Jones would have drilled into him after that Scotland game. All right. <laughs> I mean, they're one point seven two just to be winning after ten minutes. So, yeah, that's not bad either. <laughs> I mean, they're fundamentally the same, right? Because if you if you're winning inside ten minutes. The expectation is you're probably winning by three points or more. There is an, un- an unlikely scenario in which Italy have scored a try, England have got to tr- have and say not miss the conversion, and then England have converted the try and they're seven five up or or something like that. But fundamentally, if you're winning after ten minutes, you'd expect you're winning by three points or more. Yeah. Elsewhere, second match, Scotland. Off riding the high of their first win at Twickenham in 38 years, are at home to Wales. 
and Scotland are five-point favourites. I'm going to go Wales. Sam? Wales didn't look that great even when Ireland went down a man. They still couldn't really put together like good phases of play, and Ireland still looked like the better team for the majority of that game. And I'm going to go Scotland. I'd say Scotland in that one. Yeah, I'm a bit torn. Um, I'm going to go for Wales, but I do agree with you. They didn't look particularly good against 14-man Ireland. I actually think they looked better before the red card, which yeah. was, which is odd. Um, but I, I think this is going to be the... Uh, I the, can't go against my boy. <laughs> I tried to explain because I was watching the rugby with George and Lee Halfpenny, obviously, when he went to take a penalty, I tried to. I said, "This is Frank's favorite rugby player." Love and, him. And he <laughs> said, "Why?" And I was like, "I just think it's everything. I think it's the the physique, it's the face, it's everything." And I, I like couldn't really explain <laughs> it to you, but I was like, "Just send him a message and ask him who his favorite rugby player is, and he will instantly shoot back Lee Halfpenny." Yep, huge Halfpenny fan. I think it was just the time we started watching. He was at the peak of his career as well. And, you know, he was just like, yeah, he was like well built, you know, good looking guy who's just dominating on the rugby pitch. <laughs> now, here would be the interesting thing. If we can get Lee Halfpenny as a guest, it might be the most silent we've ever seen Frank. He might just stare at his screen. Just open mouthed. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not you, Sam. I don't see it with Lee Halfpenny, just FYI. But um, who's yeah, your favorite one. rugby player then of all time? Throw in past players if you could have one. It has to come from that kind of like England winning team. So it's going to be someone like it's going to be someone like Wilkinson, or yeah, I'd probably say Wilkinson. I think Wilkinson kind of has to be because also it's just like you say you, you're biased towards like the players you grow up with, and so when they won that game, what I was like sixteen. So I grew up between like 12 and 16 with Wilkinson being as good and seeing this England team like go up. I was so talking about like rugby, Wilkinson. but you were talking rugby crush here for you. Oh, crush. I mean, because fundamentally Lee Halfpenny is Frank's rugby crush. Like it's not a, it's not a love. It's not an appreciation of the, like the skills and intangible aspects. Oh, I do of, appreciate how good he was though. Yeah. But he dominated that. That was the that was the World Cup we watched, right? Uh, the 2011 World Cup, yeah. He dominated that. I think dominating might be a stretch, but he had a good World Cup, yeah. Now I think Sam's rugby crush is probably he's trying to save it. It's probably like Martin Johnson or something. I actually Martin Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> it took a second to register. <laughs> I I actually don't know. Pass. Who's yours, Eddie? Give me some time to think. I mean, I'd probably go Wilkinson. In he's kind of got it all right. And a good-looking guy, a great player, iconic sporting moment, speaks fluent French. Uh, I just remember I went to when England were in in France for the World Cup, and this is before he moved here to play. But he wowed everyone because whenever you'd go to the things where you would meet the fans, he would speak to the French supporters in French and everyone was very impressed with him. Um, all right, most recent, probably Anthony Watson. 
I'd probably wow. go Anthony Watson. Well, we're getting to see Sam's types here. <laughs> I think England have had some pretty good-looking people over the recent years. Even someone like George Ford. It's not the worst-looking person in the world. But yeah, I'd go. Shitty yeah. name. <laughs> Very bland name. Yeah, Sam Ford. That would be a slightly. That would be a. It would be no, I'd agree with that one. I agree with the oh, what's, that what's more bland, Sam Jones or Sam Ford? <laughs> no, no, or George real... Jones or George Jones or George Ford? Here's a real I think question, George Sam. Jones sounds like a cool name. I think George Jones is actually quite a cool name. Who's? I think a you real don't know player. what cool names are. <laughs> here's a real no. I want to. What's a more bland name, George Ford or Sam Jones? George Ford. No way. No way. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I'm going to defend who, it. For those who don't know why we're laughing so hard, Sam has adamantly defended the uniqueness of his name since we started this No, podcast. I never said it was unique. I just said it wasn't boring. That doesn't mean unique. No, I mean bland and and common. I think was more. Look, here's what I say: is I'm not. It's not a criticism of your name. I think Samuel Jones is a nice name, but it, Samuel Jones is definitely more common and and bland in that sense than George Ford. I've met a million Joneses. I I actually don't think I've ever really? met anyone with with a last name Ford. Yeah, Jones is super common. Jones is like second or third most common in the UK, and yet somehow still. Unique. <laughs> I didn't say unique. So yeah, I'm going Scotland. <laughs> oh yeah, I, forgot we were I tried to remember what we were doing. <laughs> forgot we were still doing that. What did it? What did I say, uh, Frank? You said you've met a million Joneses. That got me to thinking. How many people do you think you've met so far in your life? What are we saying is met? What's the criteria for met? As in, like, had a a conversation interaction with that this is tough you know like, i don't know because as a bartender you probably meet a lot of people right yeah like have yeah. i met every customer like if someone orders a drink exactly. for me do the, does that qualify as me having met them i think you've met them but something like if you bump into them at the bar and say like oh sorry that isn't meeting but like if you've had like a convert like some sort of speech interaction like a hi could i get a drink yes that will be x i think that counts as interaction i'll go twenty thousand. oh i think you're higher than that if a bartender someone ordering a drink think about how many people order a drink in a night yeah that's true maybe fifty thousand maybe a hundred thousand yeah you got like i went up a lot well he is right i did spend several years working in bars so then you have to ask, like, how many unique customers did those bars have over the course of a year? And it's going to be pretty high. So, because I mean, account. the bars you worked at too were notorious for, you know, like exchange students and stuff coming. Violations. Uh, underage soccer Violations. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> underage girls and violations. As long as you wore your uniform, you got let in. Oh, just you as a creepy guy on the door. Like, nice School. uniform you're in. <laughs> School disco night every night. <laughs> it's got to be high because then there also there'll be like when you're a kid and obviously you go around with like your parents and that, but that that wouldn't really count, would it? 
as a kid what were you like touring the world <laughs> how many people were no, you? <laughs> no in fairness like obviously my dad owns pubs so i grew up in pubs so as like a child that's just because you you're know, an alcoholic and because i'm an alcoholic ha- yeah happy <laughs> grew up in a pub yeah it's got to be a lot yeah all right the final game then Good ireland game. actually yeah we all made it ireland france and uh france are Four point four point favorites. It goes for any of our American listeners. It's just worth saying, right, that this is the opposite of America. So Ireland are the, as the team being listed first are the home team. So whereas America likes to do France at Ireland and put the home team second, everywhere else in the world puts home team first. <laughs> I like the little dig. That was a yeah. little European-centric dig. It, no, no, no. It's not even. It's not even European-centric, and it, it's not meant as a dig. It is just saying everywhere else in the world, home team first, and measures with the metric system. <laughs> it's game of the week. What do you think, Frank the Fish? I'll go France. Sam, France looked really good against Italy. Like not just because it was Italy, but they just did everything well. So. Ireland played better than I thought. And I feel like I'm going to say Ireland. I'm just, there's, there's always that capacity for the French team to shit the bed. And I just feel like when they start to get some expectation that they've got a really good team building, this might be one of those games. Yeah, I am tempted to make the France being France pick, but I will give them the benefit of the doubt for this one and, and, and pick them to win, but I don't don't love it. And it would be a stay away, personally, for me. But in a way, this entire weekend is kind of a stay away from a betting perspective, just because hard to get any decent value in the England-Italy game. And I think that the other two are potential landmines. Now, to consider our non-Americans, con- consider or continue our non-American sports uh, trip, we spent a lot of time speaking about the first test between India and England uh, in our last episode. And things did wrap up kind of as we expected in the end, in that England were able to bowl India out fairly comfortably as it transpired. They took five wickets in the first session of the play. So India was India were six down at lunch. And by that point, the writing was kind of on the wall. It was clear that England were going to get the win but it was a good bowling performance and jimmy anderson probably bowled i would say arguably the best over of his career uh in which he took two wickets fundamentally took three he had an lbw decision that was given not out that was umpire's call so basically took three wickets uh but it was just an incredible over and for future episodes at some point we're gonna have to do the jimmy anderson versus tom brady on the ageless wonder uh, head to head. How old is That's... he? He's thirty-eight, oh, turning wow. thirty-nine this summer. He doesn't and look it either, like Brady. No, he he hasn't. He's aged well. Like Anderson's like aged really well. He's just become a bit more rugged with a beard. But the thing with Anderson is like when he hit the scene, it was all about the reverse swing. It was not a new thing, but it was just so perfected with him. And he continues to be as good. That's what's weird about it is there's just no slowdown with him. His pace is still up there. And that over that you're on about is arguably the greatest test over in modern cricket. But 
I always go back to the Flintoff one in the Ashes, the 2005 Ashes, where he um, he got like Ponting, uh, Langer, and I just remember that over to so much, and that was just ah, uh, too good. I've always thought that the Flintoff over in the 2005 Ashes is mildly overrated. That I think it's given the moment, given the match, the given moment, the way it was going. Sure, there's there's symbolism behind it, but I think if you're not English, you'd look at that over and be like, "Wow, it's fine. Like it's it's a good over of bowling in a in an important test match, but it's nothing special." I think the thing about the Anderson over, he genuinely would have taken two wickets against anyone in that over, like there, and to me, that's quite relatively unique. Um. But no, his consistency and his ability to maintain, he's helped, right? That he didn't, he was never, he never had out and out pace. So the fact that he's been able to maintain the kind of low 80s uh, for, for his entire career is fine. It's not as if he was bowling in the sort of 90s to start off with and then now has had to adjust to being a bit slower. He's just a little bit like Tom Brady, I guess. He, they're weapons that he never had to lose. That most people, you know, like if Tom Brady had ever been mobile, he would be an issue now being 43. But when you never had to move, you couldn't move in the first place. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about losing it. Yeah. I guess it's that kind of repeated motion logic, isn't it? If you're not really straining yourself to get to that high pace or you're doing something that like running out of the pocket constantly and scampering around, it's just repeated motion. So you just perfect it at 90% of what you need it to be. Well, 100%. But. I guess um, you got a second test, right? Coming up this weekend. So, um, well, wait, yeah, wait, wait, do, wait, wait, wait. Do we not address the fact that Eddie first picked India to win, and then doubled down and said England wouldn't win and it would end in a draw, and he was off no, on no, both. Wait, whoa, yes, whoa, 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 whoa! No, 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 no. I actually, my point on the. Uh, point on the last podcast was that it, the fact that it was the odds for the draw were the favorite were kind of crazy like and you said I, thought, I would take the draw you did say you would take the draw thank you just like you said it's crazy that india are the price they are no 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 he said 500 runs in an inning i'll give you 500 for two innings <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that that bit got edited out of the last podcast so that doesn't exist in the in the public forum but uh look i think i thinking i think india will win this test match i'll put it that way i think this are will you be... are you gonna back india he's tripling down yes <laughs> tripling down because the pitch that they're playing at in chennai will play the same so it's going to be like whoever wins that toss if they post 500 plus the team that's bowling first won't win it like that's how this is going to be so are you you tripling down on that that happening again i will pull the alonzo morning from the 90s inspired by the 90s miami heat and i will do this is a deep deep cut for anyone out there and say india will win on friday i have no idea what you're talking about but are you saying that the test match will be over by friday <laughs> no i don't even, i think it starts on friday doesn't it I, yeah, I thought it, yeah was, it does I, it might I even start it on Saturday. It's Saturday. Uh, you know, like obviously with the time zone, I guess. But yeah, Friday oh, yeah, okay. morning. 
but now um what was in so the your first your your prediction is i think the test will start a day early yeah and be <laughs> over before it's supposed yeah. to start yeah what were england to win the first test yeah i can't remember what they were to win i remember five to in, one yeah. i think india were four to nine so they know five to one and i think india are like eight to eleven this time around something like that one it's... to two i have it, it's a bit of a weird one because that was India's first test loss at home since they last lost to England in like 2012 or something like that. So they don't lose often there. It's, it, it can't be underplayed how good that win was for England. Um, I, you're going India. Like I, it's tough to go England, but um, you know, they've got this new test format. So the world test finals, um, if England want to get to that World Test Final, they have to win 3-0, 3-1, or I can't remember the other variation. I don't think there was one, actually. I think they've got two outs to get there. There might be something playing in their mind that they win this, they can't lose the Test Series. You know, they just need two draws out of the four. So I think England are going to go for it. Same logic, win the toss, try and bat it out, and I'm going to go draw. Oh, I'm sticking with England to win. Well, one of us will be right. <laughs> a division on the Big Chill podcast. Does Root go double century again? No. No, no chance. It's worth keeping in mind too, right? This this India side had a disastrous first test on their tour of Australia. They were bowled out for, I think it was 35, and then came back to win that series. So they are not a team... Uh, it's unfamiliar with being down in the series or having to bounce back from a disappointing performance. Yeah, it's just really unfortunate for me because I can't really watch much of it. <laughs> I'm really restricted to like a two-hour viewing window. If you were dedicated enough, you'd find a way. Although there is no football, I guess, this weekend. So technically I could just stay up late, watch that, and then just sleep during the day. <laughs> To watch the second the second match in, in an England India test series of 2021. Thriller. You might be the only American doing that. Or the only person in Arizona staying up all night to watch an India England test. Uh I would say there might be some Indian people staying up. I guess that figures. I did like Sam along those lines, uh Christian Vieri the ex uh, Italian footballer from the nineties. He, he is a huge cricket fan. And uh, I saw an interview with him this week where he says his wife regularly walks in on him when he's just sitting on YouTube, watching three to four hours of cricket from like the 1980s. And she will ask him what he's doing and he explains it. And then she just says like, why are you doing this? You're so weird. It's almost like like porn, like the wife walks in on him watching 80s cricket. <laughs> That's weird. Oh. It's weird that an Italian, because uh, also never really, I don't think Vieri played much, if at all, in like the UK. So even trying to think like, oh, okay, you're in the UK, so maybe cricket's on t- the TV a lot or talked about a lot. Like Vieri didn't really, just seems like a strange fanfare, really. I mean, the one thing I will say, and maybe someone listening knows this, and we're going to sound silly, but there's obviously a large uh, Italian population in Australia, and maybe he has some connection to that. 
So maybe that's the reason why he first got an interest. I don't know, but he is a full on cricket fan. Should we uh, keep going with the non-American theme? Should we take a look at the soccer? Because we've oh. got, um, w- well, we could we could do it Monday, but you know what? We could look at Champions League, Europa League, less so Europa League. <laughs> we could take a quick could... look at the Champions League just so that people have time to really factor our picks into any uh, any bets that they might need, might place as the Champions League is returning next week uh, with a very interesting series of ties. So next Tuesday, you have two matches. You have Barcelona at home to PSG in the first leg. So for anyone not familiar, this is the first knockout stage of the Champions League. So it's a home and away fixture. And then the team that has the better aggregate score over the course of those two matches progresses to the next round with away, go- away goals being the decider in the event of a, of a tie, if possible. So if you scored more goals away from home, then you will go through. Um, and then the other match that day is Leipzig against Liverpool. Now, the Barcelona-PSG one is very interesting because obviously Barcelona are in a bit of a rut at the moment. But Neymar, unsurprisingly, is injured, as he always seems to be at this time of the year, and Neymar will be missing both of them. Barcelona PSG matches. So prepare yourself for what is the standard second half of the season from Neymar, which is he's injured for January and February. PSG get knocked out of the Champions League, and then he doesn't come back until September because he can't be bothered. Huge fan, Heidi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Neymar were, were playing, I, I would be inclined to take PSG just because Barcelona just frust- they're very frustrating right now. And I can easily see him losing this. Yeah, I mean, so PSG are favorites to qualify over the course of the two legs. They were bigger favorites. Um, actually, now they are joint favorites. I say joint favorites. The odds are the same for the two of them. But uh, PSG were previously relatively heavy favorites with Neymar. Um, but obviously, Barcelona are in, in something goal. of a free fall. So, I mean, they, they struggled wait, against Granada to get wait, through wait, wait, their wait, 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 what, what free fall is this? Barcelona have won their last five in the league. They've yeah, won. but have you watched? But it, but that matters. Like, they're not in this free fall. Like, people make it sound like, don't get me wrong, they've got massive issues off the field, but they're doing pretty, they're relatively speaking, doing pretty well. And what, they're three points behind Madrid with a game in hand? Like, Real Madrid. Then again. Yeah, Real Madrid. Not uh, Atletico Madrid, who are who are winning the La Liga. Yeah. So. They're flying yeah. high. But but you know what? Like I don't I don't see it. I think Barcelona are good value here. PSG aren't even top of the Liga, are they? No, they're three points behind Lille. But Barcelona, you know, like you say they lost to Sevilla yesterday. They lost three two in the Super Cup. Uh, a few weeks ago to Atletico Bilbao. Yes, they've had wins, but they've not exactly been beating anyone. You're talking about them beating Betis. They beat Granada after extra time in the cup the week before. Atletico Bilbao, uh, Viacano, Elche. These aren't exactly the giants of Spanish football that they're speaking of. Are these teams? 
<laughs> They've actually played a lot of the same teams. They played Granada twice in the past couple of weeks. They played Atletico Bilbao three times since the, since the turn of the year. They beat Huesca. Ibar. I mean, you're not exactly talking about... Uh, They've not played Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, and they're not playing any of the big boys. And they struggled a little bit in their Champions League group where they obviously lost uh, to Juventus 3-0 in their final fixture. Look, I don't disagree with you in some respects because Barcelona still have Messi. They have a tendency of doing just enough to always end up having quite good seasons. They never have disastrous seasons, so... It would be pretty fitting for them to end up finishing second or third and making the Champions League semifinals and what looked like an awful season actually turns out to be quite decent. And also PSG have, last year aside, a tendency of going out around this time of year. So you're picking Barcelona to qualify then, Sam? Barcelona are at home first, aren't they? Yes. Mm. Then again, they've had so many classics recently, uh, like the comeback win against PSG um, and a few years ago. Yeah, I think I am. I think I am. I, I guess I'm sticking with the theme this weekend, well, this weekend, this week of France being France, like losing to Ireland and then uh, blowing it against Barcelona. Frank, who's your pick to qualify? Oh, this is so tough. I'll go... Barcelona, just because I know if I go against Barcelona, they're going to screw me. So even picking them, then they're definitely going to lose as well. So either way, um, like this, but without, like without Super- Neymar, uh, yeah, I'll go Barcelona. Like the Super Bowl trophy, Eddie, I want to jump ship if Frank's on Barcelona. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually going to make it a clean sweep because I do think without Neymar, I think it is an edge. Um, but I don't feel great about it. I wouldn't have any tremendous confidence in either one of them, given the circumstances. The second match of the day, Leipzig against Liverpool. Will this be the end of Liverpool's season? Will Liverpool's season be over in February? Played in a neutral location, right? This one is having to be played. They are playing in Budapest because Liverpool do not, the players do not meet the requirements to enter Germany. So the game could not be played in Germany. So they had to find a neutral location for the the Leipzig home leg. Is that because Germany doesn't register them as like elite footballers at the moment, given their form? Or, or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not sure that they meet professional standards. You can imagine that at customs or like immigration, where it's like, could you show us your recent form, please? It's like, ooh. Are you good? Are you really good? Yeah. Does Jordan Henderson qualify as an elite central defender? I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> but I'll make this one quick by just saying I think uh, Liverpool will will have enough over the course of two legs to to get through. Although Leipzig are a good team and a bit unpredictable at times and that they can turn up and have play very, very good matches and they play a very nice brand of football. So it wouldn't stun me if suddenly Leipzig won the home legs of 3-0 or 4-1 and the tie was virtually over. But I, I think Liverpool will have just a bit too much. Yeah, I think there's great value in Leipzig this round as like a double chance. I think it's probably like almost even money, right? So double chance for this fixture alone is... 
three to four double chance. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I actually, I think Liverpool will, will qualify, but again, I, I agree with you. I think this could be a match. They actually lose and then come back and cover it in the second match. Liverpool are one to three to qualify just for some context. Oh, that's too steep. But I do agree. I think this is one of those games where like Liverpool might blow it at the start, but come good by the end of it. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad bet. Like Leipzig double chance at three to four. I don't think it's the worst, but I wouldn't back it, but I just don't think it's, I, I guess that's what I think will happen. You know, I don't think Liverpool will win, but I think they'll ultimately go through. And then on Wednesday, we have Porto against Juventus. Is Ronaldo fit? Uh, he's been oh, playing. He, oh, he's fit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has been playing for them in recent weeks, so I have no reason to believe that he will not be playing in this one. Take Juventus. I don't really know too much about them just from the fact that I think Juve have got the pedigree with them. And Well, I can tell you I watched Porto play last night. Uh against Braga, a very thrilling match. Porto had a player sent off when and were 1-0 up and then had another player sent off, which always just helps with your game plan. And then in the 12 minutes of injury time that were played, uh, Braga scored in the 102nd minute to uh, to get the one-all draw. Really thrilling. Very happy for any backers of Porto out there. It was a wonderful experience. Did you watch it because you were one of those said backers? I actually watched it because I really wanted to watch the cricket because the West Indies uh, won over the 50 over tournament is going on at the moment. And I'd wanted to watch that just because it's kind of good fun because it's kind of medium level cricket. And I always find that quite amusing and that you see both a mixture of really high quality stuff and just really embarrassing mistakes. But the... BT Sports feed wasn't working for me, so I then just put the Porto match on instead and uh, enjoyed it. Eddie, did you know the match before? Porto are also up 2-0, also on Braga, and then also got a red card and let up two goals to draw 2-2. So their (laughs) last two matches have been against the same team with the same outcome. (laughs) Hey, they say consistency is the key, right? So they're nailing that. But now it's hard. Porto are having a rather mediocre Portuguese season. So uh, you would think that Juventus, who aren't exactly flying eye themselves, but are doing... Playing better of late. Yeah, they seem to have picked things up recently. But uh, you would think that Juventus are one to five to qualify. Uh, I actually think that's probably, in a weird way, kind of decent value yeah i'll take juventus and i'll take them to win this match in porto and they are even money to win yeah this weekend well this week and sam who's your pick for porto juventus uh, juventus yeah i uh, if nothing much just for the pedigree of juve and in the final final match of the opening week of fixtures of the we have Frank's favorites making an appearance as Sevilla will be playing Borussia Dortmund. Now, the, the only question I need to ask is, will, Sam be, uh, will Frank be betting on this? Because if he is betting on this, then Sevilla will qualify 
if he's not betting on this, then Dortmund will qualify. So I need to know which way, what is he, what's he going to do? And that will change my pick. Honestly, I, I can't go Dortmund anymore. I just cannot do it. And it's, it's sad because I actually, in, I like the team. And I like that they have a lot of young players, a lot of good talent, but they have just frustrated me so much this season and this last few weeks in particular that it's close to the point that I, I don't think I can ever bet them again. It's getting to that level of frustration. So I will say Sevilla here because I cannot push the button that says Dortmund. Are there any teams alongside Dortmund that are just no-go's permanently because of that? You know, whether it be like bad luck or they constantly let you down when you do back them, but they win when you don't. Is any any league, any sport, is there any team where it's just like nope? Ah, uh, it's tough. There's a few. It goes in cycles, I guess, right? Um Celtic were were that for a while. That they're, they're mine. They're, yeah. Actually, Celtic and Rangers, to be honest. Uh, uh, yeah, I, actually, Rangers too have pissed me off a lot. I, I've taken the Eddie philosophy, and I'm now just avoiding the Scottish league in general. Oh, like most people, then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now I think you can throw a few in. I think Porto and Benfica are also in there for different reasons. Um, but yeah, I think Dortmund over. The thing with Dortmund is it's that some weeks they look so good. Like when everything clicks, they look, as Frank touched on, they play really nice football and they just look, it's like, how can you not expect that you'll kind of look at they're playing some mid-table German side and you look at the firepower they have and the way they can play and you just think, this is crazy. Why are they even money to win away from home? And then they lose 3-0 and you just like, that's why. Yeah, and it's, the other really frustrating part is because they have, I think, such talented like scorers and, and forwards that they're never really out of it, right? So even if they're down a goal in the 80th minute and you have them to win, in the back of your mind, you're just thinking, all right, they get one quick and then maybe they get like a penalty in the 90th minute or something and they can, they can cover this. They can do this. You know, they have the talent. It's so frustrating because they have the ability to, in a random match, put up seven goals and then lose 2-1 to a mid-level team. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Nothing makes me shudder more when I'm looking at like the soccer list for European football when I see like a 2.30 UK time kickoff Dortmund Bayern Munich and they're both like 1-4. And you're like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> good good start before the 3 o'clock's come in and you absolutely get tanked by it. Another team for me is Napoli. I, I, can't, I can't touch Napoli. They... yeah like Dortmund same reason right tons of firepower good team if you don't back them or if you forget about them you'll just see a 4-0 win the second yeah, you see them like three that's to the ki- that's the killer with both of them right like say you've missed their game somehow and then you go to check the scores and you'll like go and you'll look at Syria scores or Bundesliga scores and you're like oh Oh, Dortmund won 5-1. Oh, Napoli won 4-0. And then you'll register that in your head. And then the next week you'll be like, oh, I better make sure I check and see who Napoli are playing this week. And they'll be like at home to like Spezia and be 1-6. to And then they draw to all. FYI, that's actually a team as opposed to Eddie. Just like (laughs) (laughs) I may not have pronounced it correctly in fairness, but yes, it is an actual team. And you have to, Erling Holland surely has to leave Dortmund this summer. Well, just to be one of Europe's best 
forwards, best young players, and to be kind of stuck at this point in a team that isn't competitive anywhere. You know, they're they're obviously miles off winning the Bundesliga. They aren't a threat. I say this, but unless something incredible, they're not a threat in the Champions League. So you just why would you stay there if you're if you're him? Yeah. A lot of the a lot of the the papers, you know, like Talk Sports, Sky Sports, etc. A lot of the opinion pieces that they do now basically say like which one should he go to? There's not like, oh, will he come to the Premier League? It's like it makes it sound like he is coming to the Premier League and they're really trying to match a club. And obviously they look at things like, well, Aguero's out of contract, but also injury prone. So is that the perfect logic? So they they kind of deep dive into it, but it's more the tone that they just feel like it is inevitable he's leaving. It's just a case of where he's going. Sam, are Arsenal title contenders if Halan goes there? No, no. <laughs> Uh, I like how I love I love the almost like I love the honey trap there because what a player we would get. But no, do you know why? Do you why he said no, Frank? Because they're already title contenders. So it's not if he goes there; (laughs) it's just title contenders anyway. Yeah, is it a ten-point win or a twenty-seven point win? Really, is what you've just said. No, we've got Odegaard. It it doesn't matter anymore. Would Arsenal lose a game if they also had Erling Haaland? Done it once before. Well, lost a game. We'd lost tons, but yeah. got unbeaten so, before. So then, your pick, Sam, Sevilla, Dortmund, who will qualify? There's that realization with Sevilla that they're not going to win the Europa League, and that might be really difficult for them now. That <laughs> they're going to have to accept. I think going out. I, I think Dortmund have got a really good tie here in terms of if it was anyone else that I would probably fancy the other team, maybe Porto aside. Um, but I think this is the game where Dortmund are just outright a better team. So I'm going to worth noting that Sevilla have won their last eight matches. Say that now, Sam, you say it now. And when they're down three, one in the 82nd minute, you'll be fucking hitting your head against the wall. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to say fool me once on this one, but I'm going to take, uh, Dortmund to qualify. I don't love it. It would be a stay away from me, but uh, yeah, I do think they should have just too much. In two in two matches, I think they'll turn up once. Do you? Are there any bets this weekend you love? Not really, actually. This is not a great weekend for me. Although, obviously, we're talking about getting our uh, Big Chill Podcast Syndicate underway, so maybe we'll have to find something that I do. But uh, no. I mean, I'd be interested to see if the horse racing goes ahead. Um, if Altior and Champ are racing this weekend, then that would be something that would interest me. I might have strong opinions on, but if not, no, overall, it's a weekend packed full of sport, but ones where I don't feel too comfortable with picking one way or the other. In Altior, you still trust? Well, what's the Against- distance? Uh, back to preferred distance, but against this field, yes. That's a pretty good analysis. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I would save going into a deep dive on a race that is likely to be moved. 
that isn't the only thing. So I, I, I find it highly unlikely that they will actually be racing on Saturday, given the current weather conditions in the United Kingdom and in Europe as a whole. So given that it's freezing temperatures, I think it's hard to believe that they will be allowing we touched on uh, animal welfare in our last in our life but i tell me they want the prospect of of uh, Altior falling at a fence and knocking itself unconscious as it lands so i think it probably won't oh, be right. oh pulling my homes <laughs> yeah the big chill podcast talking about the big chill yes yeah we missed out we should switch to a weather podcast oh, that would be effing dull <laughs> like i couldn't i i don't even know could you do that could you guys just talk about i know it's meant to be like a really british trait talking about the weather but could you actually do it in like a conversational form that goes beyond like the first or second question you ask someone when you meet them yeah i can because i have like mine's easy because i live in arizona right so i can explain to them how arizona isn't what people think it is Oh, because it's a dry heat? Yeah, and I can get into the whole dry heat scenario, and I can talk about how a summer in Arizona is actually more bearable than a summer on the East Coast. And I can go in, but in the winter, it's amazing. We do get snow. Once a year, we get snow. We're doing it, Sam. We're actually doing it oh, now. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Frank, I guess it's just for you to interrupt your weather report with a pick for the Sevilla Dortmund game. Oh, I said Sevilla. Oh, okay. So Dortmund, oh. Sam, feel confident Dortmund are going through. Probably yeah. 10 mil oh. on aggregate. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Alan's going to have like seven goals. Frank, <laughs> oh. Frank issuing a severe weather warning. Oh. Uh, you, you, unfortunately for yourself, Sam, you nailed the, you nailed the joke and then muted yourself. But you did. We did hear the severe weather, weather warning. Okay, thank you. But that was it. Too, too quick with the mute. I mean, too quick. You said a good solid 10 words after you muted yourself. No, I didn't. I just said the three and laugh. Oh, oh you okay. didn't? Oh, I, thought, I thought you were following no. up with the prepare for a freeze. Oh. <laughs> so in my muted sense, you thought I went to Mr. Freeze. Well, you definitely, your mouth was moving in a way that made it look as if you were speaking. I will say that for sure. So your laugh is like this. Gotta make it look our obvious. View, our Gotta listeners are loving up. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's better, listening to me talk about Tucson weather or Eddie imitates Sam's facial expressions? <laughs> well, I've got one last thing, Sam, because you are, you have such was it crippling paralysis on choosing what to watch? Okay, that, that's okay. That's a little different. <laughs> no, it's like decision paralysis. Okay, you have decision paralysis in, in what to watch. Warner Brothers announced like earlier this year, or actually I think it was end of 2020, that they're putting all their movies right to HBO Max, right? So I'm going to give you the the top five movies and you tell me which one you will actually break your paralysis for and watch. Okay. Space Jam, A New Legacy, Godzilla versus Kong, Mortal Kombat, 
Suicide Squad, Matrix 4, or Dune? That was six, but sorry. There are some good ones. I mean, Space Jam is nostalgic, but honestly, it's Dune. Uh, Dune is uh, one of my favorite books, and they've made it a couple of times into a movie, but this one's the first one with like a big budget behind it, and I'm really excited for this Dune version. Yeah, and it's the director from uh, the new Blade Runner. Yeah. It it's, looks it's, good. The preview looks June. really good. Yeah, the trailer looked good. Uh, for me, it's June. Um, I thought you were going to go Mortal Kombat, if I'm being I, honest. I'm not I'm not into it. I'm, I've never been into the fighting games. Like, Street Fighter, maybe nostalgically from playing it, and maybe Mortal Kombat the same from, like, a young age, but never... I never continued with fighting games. I've never got into them. I've, I've never been the, the kind of combo guy. I'm never good at, like, remembering a 10-button flick to do a specific move i guess it, uh, it makes sense given your interest but it does surprise me in some respects because you've basically lived your life by the motto finish him <laughs> oh i got his one in <laughs> not a matrix fan yeah but there has been so long i mean they're both they're both women now so it's been that long <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Is is that is that a? It's a natural progression. A, okay. Do I? I am <laughs> glad that I have that to look forward to. How many years is it until I transition? It depends when you made your last movie. It's a movie thing. Oh, okay. that's why it's so, so in, niche in, and it only in between at the end. What happened to George Lucas? Georgina Lucas, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um. In fairness, it does look like George Lucas stuck his balls in his neck, so it's possible that he's, he did transition. <laughs> Out of all of those Suicide Squad I'm least looking forward to, I think that's going to be a steaming pile of garbage. And um... See, But I almost look forward to it because it will be so bad. Because the last one was so terrible, I'm interested to see... Because this is similar to the whole how they're redoing the um, Justice League and Zack Snyder is proclaiming it's going to be so much better, blah, blah, blah. And I'm really interested to watch it, not thinking it's going to be good, but hoping it's still complete shit and just having people tear into him. And I think that's what could happen with Suicide Squad. <laughs> so, so wait, just and because I know nothing about these types of movies. Okay. Is this a follow-up to the Suicide Squad from a couple of years ago, or this is a remake? It's a reboot of the one they like made two, three years ago. From like two ago. years ago. That's incredible. Yeah, they got, um, what is it, James Gunn, he's called, the guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy. So obviously yeah. they're, they're expecting a better directional. Didn't he like uh, yes, sexually he harass people? Yes. Or, yeah, well, no, yes, no. He, he's, didn't it, wasn't it a tweet that he sent that was like from ages ago in his past where he said some derogatory things or suggestive things and they fired him because of it yeah and what's really weird is they're bringing back some cast members but not others so who's who made who made the cut on coming back did, did uh, margot robbie no okay. will smith did not uh margot robbie and i believe oh, i don't know if captain boomerang is the same but the character captain boomerang is coming back i don't know <laughs> if it's that same guy and uh, it, the it, Viola not, Davis is back. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, a lot of superheroes and villains have 
very corny names, but in a film called Suicide Squad, to have someone called Captain Boomerang. It sounds like it a just, children's. It kind of tones, yeah, it tones down the severity of the suicide. <laughs> yeah, and then the new cast is uh, Idris Alba, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Taika Watiti, and John Cena. Wait, are they just turning into like the next Expendables? Because that's yeah, kind of how this comes across. There are a lot of Expendables on that list, is all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> that is. That is a list of actors who typically annoy me in film roles. Now tell me you're not slightly interested in seeing the train wreck that this could be, because that's why I'd like to see it. I, the thing is, I never believe these, this type of movie is never bad enough. Like the level of movie that is so bad that I enjoy, it has to be like- Did you watch the first Suicide Squad? I did, I just thought it was awful. But like it not is enjoyably awful. bad. It's a bad film because it also you, takes itself seriously. I think that's also a problem here. Is yeah. yeah. I need like low budget bad movie. That to me is where I can find amusement. But when it's big budget and it's like, well, everything's going to look okay. It's just not going to be good. That I can't get any pleasure out of. Did you ever see Titanic two? Speaking of bad budget movies, no. So. Titanic is this a 2. joke or is this serious? no 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 there was a Titanic 2 and if I remember right the tagline for it was it looks like history is repeating itself <laughs> I mean the giveaway is 2 and Titanic <laughs> um, in the trailer you've got this guy that wants to like recreate the Titanic and be like wow nostalgia you know everyone will want to go on it and there's this one point where he genuinely is like doing the building like the preparation and someone says, like, oh, should we put lifeboats on? He's like, no, I don't need it. The ship is unsinkable. And then... Continues. So wait, he's, he's, re- he's just rebuilt. He's recreating the Titanic. Yes, for he, like the like modern day. For like the modern okay. day. Yeah. Okay. So he's building the Titanic in a modern day because of what happened to the Titanic. Uh, what do you call that? Like docudrama or whatever it is? Because it's like a fictional thing based on a real life happening. I can't remember. But yep. yeah. Titanic 2, 2010, on Rotten Tomatoes, it had an audience score of 15%, didn't have a tomato tomato score, meaning it was never even reviewed by critics. <laughs> That's a good start. T- tagline, history threatens to repeat itself when a new luxury liner sets sail to comm- comm- commemorate the 100th anniversary of the original's doomed voyage. <laughs> Why would you pay to go on that? Let's commemorate where this crashed or sank and then do it. In fairness, hold on. In fairness, if someone told me there was a a new Titanic had been built and it was going to like sail the same trip, the same voyage that the original was supposed to do, and I could afford it and it looked like a good, I would get on it. I wouldn't be terrified that, hold on a second, when we get to around the same spot, we might hit another iceberg and I'm going to die as well. Like, Sam, Sam, can you spoil alert us? Does it hit an iceberg in the exact no, same I'm spot? pretty sure it, I'm in the same iceberg as well. No, I'm pretty sure it gets like hit by like some sort of like massive wave and tips over. There's something dumb. Oh, but so Eddie, it's like a mix. It's like a mixture of the Poseidon Adventure and Titanic. The two. I mean, I'm surprised at that, Eddie. Perfect Coming from storm. a guy that cleans his teeth for a score, 
the superstition for a guy to get on the Titanic and be like, I have no issue with this. Not superstitious about travel, to be honest. I have some very small routines I go through when I fly, but they're really tiny. I, I mean, wouldn't be, wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't ask what they were. <laughs> I just touch both of my wrists. That's it. Right before the plane starts to take off. What? Just, just making sure the Casio Riches watches on there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, just, just, just to exactly. That's first you set the timer, and then the other one starts the countdown. So, <laughs> but I have to say, Frank, I think that was a list of movies that I could definitely miss every single one of. Like, very Everyone. few. I'm not tempted by. I mean, I'll I'll see the fourth Matrix just because it's one of those things that like you kind of got to see just because of. I wasn't a huge Matrix fan. I think the Matrix as a series is like as a trilogy is really overrated. I think the first uh, one is great. It's good. Like, don't get me wrong, but just overall, I think people still creaming themselves about the Matrix are just <laughs> losers who are just hanging on to something because they think it makes them interesting. But I'll watch it just because why not? Just in the same way I watch new Star Wars movies, even though I'm not exactly thrilled by the end result uh june i'll probably never watch what i think you have to watch dune uh suicide squad i will probably never watch like the only way i watch them to be honest is i mean hbo max doesn't exist here so i don't know what streaming service they're going to come out on for european viewers but the only way i would watch them is if it's like a very slow weekend and that's um, one of the movies that's available. And I go, why not? I may as well watch it now. Sam, we should do like a monthly movie club and just pick every one of these movies once yep. a month. <laughs> Look, unlike Sam, if you do that, I will actually watch the movies and share my thoughts. I'm not going to pull a Sam with Ted Lasso and just refuse to watch the movie. I don't know if that's illegal. Is it? Could you share I no, think I guess you it can is, share. Is it? Like you can do what you want with your password, I guess, can't you? I yeah. mean, I don't know. It might break their terms and conditions. It definitely doesn't break the law. Let's put it that way. They can't get arrested. <laughs> like, oh, did you log into someone else's Apple Apple TV? Oh, you're going to prison, sir. That is a serious offense. <laughs> you might get me kicked off my Apple TV for breaking their terms and conditions. That's the real risk. But what about Godzilla versus Kong? No I way. I don't see hell. the appeal. I just don't. What about I've never Jam. seen the appeal. You have to watch Space Jam. Yeah, Space Jam, nostalgically, yes. But I worry that it might ruin that nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch it because we'll probably dedicate an entire episode of it to, um, like, to it. But I won't. I'm not looking forward to it. Actually, Eddie, what about the Many Saints of Newark? It's the prequel movie to The Sopranos. Oh, I saw some clips from that. I'll watch it, but... Because you watched all The Sopranos, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a TV show that probably could have been a few seasons shorter, too. I did enjoy it, but... They had some pretty bad uh, plot lines at different moments, and the acting wasn't always stellar. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely watch the prequel and hope for the best. Should we do a Sopranos ending to this episode and then just 
Cheerio.